here. We missed it yesterday, way out Wednesday, where because Kevin Hart was uh, literally way out yeah, of the exactly. building. Yeah, he was. Hey, yeah, out on assignment. Great job, by the way, Thanks. with that with that story about moving the the, the summer kitchen there. Appreciate it. So uh, we decided, you know, these stories are still very important to to be broadcast out there. Yeah. All right. So instead of way out Wednesday. We're, we're calling it Totally Out There Thursday. Totally Out There Thursday. And these are stories that are underreported by the lamestream media. So, Kev, I will let you begin. What do you have for us uh, to start off uh, Totally Out There Thursday? Well, you know the expression, love is in the air. Yeah. Love is literally in the air for this singer from Oxfordshire. Oh, is this another one of those I married a ghost people? Engaged to a ghost, oh, actually. Oh, Okay. Um, what kind of ring does she have? Uh, a regular ring with a diamond in it. I mean, it was there was I a think... diamond ring on her pillow after a lover's tiff, and she interpreted this as a proposal. Who? Oh, okay. Continue. Okay. I, I, I will withhold judgment for a moment there on that. The singer-songwriter, whose name is Brocarde, is 38 years old. She met and fell for Eduardo, that's the ghost name, <laughs> last year after he made a supernatural appearance in her Oxfordshire home. Things quickly became serious when Eduardo popped the question with the diamond ring on her pillow. Um, however, since she's been engaged, she claims she's had to field off a number of messages from living men begging her to ditch Eduardo and give them a chance instead. Okay. A couple a couple things here, right? <laughs> Unpack a little bit of this. Yeah. How do we know that Eduardo left the ring for her? Could have been for the man she was with. <laughs> well, no, it could have been maybe Eduardo had some kind of... Uh, you know, another woman left behind, yeah, or something that he wanted her to be a vessel to give that ring to someone else, yeah. And also, how how bad do these guys feel when she turns him down and goes, "Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm engaged to a ghost." Wouldn't you rather say, "I think you're disgusting looking and not want to date you," instead of, "Well, how to go with Bacardo or whatever?" Well. I, I talked to her, but but she said she can't date me right now because she's engaged to a ghost. She's engaged to Casper. I'm sorry, I can't. Here's the other so, thing. <laughs> Here's the other thing. She better not uh, be upset when she gets ghosted. Hey! Oh! All right. I love it. Yeah. Up next on uh, Totally Out There Thursday, King Tut. Apparently, King Tut. Yeah. Na, na, na. Well, yeah. King Tut had apparently an alien dagger. Well, he was a smart man, I would assume so. Yeah, here's what happens. Uh, the teenage king was buried with a pair of blades, one of which was, has confused scientists since its discovery by the British archaeologist Howard Carter in 1925. The dagger, unrusted and made of iron, was strange and unexplained find, as the Egyptians are thought to have started working with that metal around 500 years after Tut had passed on. Hmm. So it's like, how the hell did Tut get this iron dagger here? Well, researchers at the... Chiba Institute of Technology, old, old CIT, <laughs> published their findings in the Journal of Meteoritics and Planetary Science. What they found is that the dagger could have come from a meteorite. Hmm. The study's main author wrote, Meteoritic iron is clearly indicated by the presence of a higher percentage of nickel. The paper suggests that the high levels of cobalt also strongly suggest an extraterrestrial origin. They also conducted research into meteorites known to have hit the Earth around that time and found that uh, one that landed 150 miles from Alexandria contained similar levels of nickel and cobalt. Port also reads that they were aware that the rare chunks of iron fell from the sky already, anticipating Western culture by more than two millennia. 
They described uh, conducting an X-ray analysis of the golden handle, which revealed that it was created using an adhesive material known as lime plaster. This material also wasn't used by Egyptian craftsmen until much later. So, alien? Or was King Tut part of a time-traveling organization? He may have been. We may have cracked the code. We'll have to get this on uh, one of those uh, new shows overnight now where they talk about UFOs. <laughs> right. We need to get them. King Tut was an alien. Or he uh, found a meteorite and was like, well, it's the good old days. So, right. I'm going to carve this into a knife so I can kill people with it. Right, exactly. Uh, up next on uh, way, uh, Totally Out There Thursday, we have a uh, um, <laughs> we have a lucrative business which, uh, if advertised correctly, I'm sure would uh, absolutely uh, make somebody a billionaire. Okay, but when you do it underhanded, oh. that's when you start to run into problems. More than 30 people who ate at a Thai restaurant in Las Vegas this year have reported getting sick. Health officials are investigating what led to what they called an unusual illness. A uh, phone number for the restaurant has been closed since early this month, rang unanswered Friday. So you may be wondering what happened. Yeah, I mean, Vegas, you have some really good restaurants, but also on the Vegas Strip, like, there, there's those that cater just to drunkards. That are just like, they don't really care the quality of food. They're just like, give me a whole plate of something. So here's the kicker. Uh This is why people were feeling sick um, and weren't sure what was happening with them. The Thai food was tainted with THC. Oh, okay. So weed-laced Thai food. I mean, if that was your thing, well... Shoot, you're going to go get Chinese or Thai food if you're high anyways. Right. Why not just do it all in one? Get some get some pineapple fried chicken. and You're sitting there eating, and you're like, why do I want more of this? I need more. I want more. Keep giving me more. <laughs> and I'm, see, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing colors, and I'm yes. seeing sound, all because of this <laughs> I'm seeing Sichuan that, chicken. I'm seeing that I need the six crap Rangoons, yeah. all for $5 right now. That's what I need. Yeah, so they're... Uh, so the so the, the the cook apparently didn't know what happened. He's like, I don't know how it got into there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Eduardo the ghost. Maybe Eduardo the ghost. That's was right. lacing things with THC. Peppered some THC. THC. Yeah. Uh, THC. Speaking of that, if you if you were to eat enough of that, you may be freaked out by our last story. Story totally out there Thursday. Okay. As a giant porcupine puppet has made its appearance. Percy the porcupine puppet made its first appearance out in L.A. Hmm. This thing is gigantic, all right? It's a joint project of the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance and Jim Henson's Creature Shop. So so, so it's not like just some run-of-the-mill, like some dude put like, together out of platinum, whatever. Like, like they blew up a balloon and put some like sticks on it. It's right. a porcupine. No, no, no. Six months in planning, the puppet is modeled on the prehensile-tailed porcupine native of South America, has a circumference of nearly 40 feet... And has 2,000 foam quills that took a house worth of paint to put stripes on. Oh, my God. This thing is massive. I I highly recommend you check out the video of this all. Um, The prehensile tail that gives the tree-dwelling fruit-eating species its name exists, in this case, in the imagination only, because it's just the front half of it exists and pokes out of the the kind of the stump that Mm. the porcupine lives in. Yeah. Essentially based on a big inflatable with the addition of a mouth, a jaw, and mechanical eyes. So it moves around. It it, it kind of like talks and everything. Uh, Yeah. If you were high, it would freak the hell out of you. I would probably just have a heart attack right there. In L.A., the uh, kid's kind of down. Then then mob mercy once she emerged. Another media stop. Percy will uh, make her way down to uh, the coast to a permanent home at the San Diego Zoo. 
And the Wildlife Explorers Base Camp is a 3.2-acre area of the zoo intended to teach families about the interactions and independence of humans, plants, animals, and their habitats. And scare them too. And scare the hell out of them. And scare the hell out of them when, when Percy the giant porcupine pops out of the stump and you're not you're not paying attention. You, can you think of how threatened some of the animals in that zoo are oh going to be God. when they see that? They're going to go straight for the. They're going to try to pop it. Oh my God! Yeah. yeah, the poor bears that are there will be looking like, oh man, I feel I feel I feel less manly now with this giant porcupine. Yeah. What are they trying to do? Those quills are making me feel less manly too. Those are some mm. those are some very large hey. quills. It's not the size of the quills. It's you know how you how you quill them. I don't know <laughs> how you stick it in there. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is Throw It Out Thursday here in the Mike Woodbacher program. Yeah. Kevin, thank you very much for uh, stopping by and bringing those stories. You bet. And uh, definitely check out Percy the Porcupine online, and we'll continue to follow the uh, the whole thing with King Tut and Eduardo the Ghost.